So Quentin Byfield, the Renaissance is here. He's going to be a superstar. The hype train is back, baby. And he is the GOAT. Is that... I think I'm under... I'm under-hyping Byfield right now, right? Like, to be fair, like, in his draft class, who who, who else was better? Like, yeah, like, if you think about it, first overall pick, left for an year, hasn't really worked out. Who's this Tim Stutzel guy? I've never heard of him, you know? So therefore, Quentin Byfield is the best pick of his draft. Am I right? I've never heard of this Timothy Stutzler guy. I've never heard of him. Bust. Who has the most points from that draft class? Is it? I, I assume it's Stutzler. I mean, because Byfield's kind of just coming on right now, and Lafreniere's kind of been... Like, were there any, like, late picks, possibly, that kind of, like, came under the radar? It's 2020, dude. It's a. Uh, it's gonna be hard. Would it not be? Dawson Mercer. That's not a late pick. I don't think. No, but. Like Jeffrey's looking like like a, like a sixth round pick right now. I mean, that as well. I'm assuming. Oh, a tw- from 2020 draft though is a bit. Of a stretch. too early for that, yeah. right? Like, I don't know. Um, Neil Zaman, maybe. I mean, like, I was just thinking, like, is there, like, I assume Byfield's probably third in that draft class in points. And I mean, yeah, he might be third, but I do agree with you. Uh, he is not third. He is actually seventh. Oh, wow. Like, who's that far behind? Like, I guess. Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond. Uh, Lafreniere, Seth Jarvis, Dawson Mercer, Anton Lindell, and then Byfield. That doesn't right. Yeah, but I mean, like, if we're considering, like, right now, like, at this present moment, is he... He's not the seventh best player in that draft. Like, I I probably agree he's probably number two, number three, like, tied for number two. Like, I think, you look at that draft class, I think Stutzla is clearly number one. Um, And then I, I wonder if you put, like, a Byfield, Raymond, Sanderson... um. As kind of like your second tier in that draft, that like they're gonna be like they're 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 starting to become stars in their own rights. Like they're having good seasons, progressing. I'm sorry. Did any of those other players score the goal of the year this year? The year is not over yet, so I don't think we call that goal of the year. It's goal of the year, man. Have you seen that goal? Can you? Do a described video interpretation of the goal for our listeners who can't see the goal. That is a incredibly hard thing to do. Um, so let me totally butcher. I'll try to figure it out. I would say he goes end to end, and then goes a toe drag, goes on his knees, forehand, backhand, top shelf. Is that is that a fair? Am I missing in there? There, does he not like lose control of his stick? Like, does he not have like his hands not on his stick at one point? I thought. Look, I I just watched. Uh, you told me to watch the goal right before we started this podcast, and I swear I thought he like lost control of his stick and he had to like reposition his hands on his stick somehow just to, you know, get back into like some sort of grip on his stick so he can shoot the puck. So that's what I'm saying. Is that how? Is that not cool of the year then, Jeffrey? I don't know, but you answered it. It was against your Columbus Blue Jackets, so I'm assuming it's not the goal of the year for you. I mean, it's good. 
I don't know if I'd be like, you know, classify as goal of the year. Like, I think there's definitely a Kings biasy. Never. Yeah. But, you know, let's just say it came from the da- like the stars. Would you be like goal of the year? It came from like, I don't know, Matt Duchesne. Yes, because I'm not biased. So I, I don't think it's goal of the year. I think specifically if you if you take out like it was Byfield from from this conversation, it would not be uh goal of the year from I guess my eyes and as well as Jeffrey's eyes. Why do you guys hate Quentin Byfield? I don't hate Quentin Byfield. I think it's a good goal. I mean, is it I don't know, I haven't watched the TSN in a while. But do they still do like that, like top highlight, and they have that like competition to see what's the best sports highlight and see how long like stays number one v one? Yeah, do they still do that? I'm assuming they do. Okay, but if they do, don't. So if they still do the one v one, was Byfield goal? Was that up there? Was that a challenger? I feel like it has to be right. Well, I haven't heard anything about it, so I I, I don't know. I mean, if TSN. 1v1 doesn't even consider it as the goal of the year. How are we to assume that it should be the goal of the year? Okay. It looks like McDavid's highlight was better. What is this McDavid highlight? Oh, I don't know. Again, we need a described video interpretation Ugh. from Austin Lee about what this goal is. Or or just tell us um where we should uh if we should like where we can look it up or something and then we can YouTube. Pick up on our own time. Look, I'm looking up on YouTube. Seems like this McDavid one is a spinorama pass. That Vander Kane. See, it's not a goal, so it can't be goal of the year. Simple as that. It's not it can't be goal of the year. If it's a pass. I mean, it is a pretty nasty pass, but it's not a goal. If it's been around a goal, you, you know, I'd be like, okay, maybe. I think it's still too early in well, I mean, we still have a lot of hockey left. I mean, we haven't hit, hit the trade deadline yet. Like teams are there's still enough of the season. And if we were going to say goal of the year, it's only February, technically. So there's still, you know, 10 more months, possibly. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to say, I think the goal of the year has not happened yet. It's going to happen soon. But I would I would agree with you, Quinton Byfield's goal is at least a contender for now. Terrible. And with that, let's start the show proper. You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. So last episode, we talked about how it could be way too early to consider the next Olympic goalies, Olympic team, sorry. But but we said content. Yes, but it's hashtag content. So that's where we are. So question for you. If the Olympics were happening today and we had to look at Canadian goalies, would it be, I'm assuming you'd put in Aiden Hill, you would put in Jari, and who would you put? Would you go for Bennington for a bit of veterans? Or do you maybe go a little younger and go Stuart Skinner? Or, do you, is it, or am I just like missing someone like completely? Because the first time I looked at this, I actually missed Aiden Hill. <laughs> but I'm assuming right now Aiden Hill is probably your starter, right? Well, I think like just you mentioning these 
three like three names or four names like it kind of shows like like we've mentioned before there's a lack of talent in nhl like canadian goalies right now like these aren't premium names like these aren't like guys who are like number one that you're going to pencil in into your starting lineup right like aiden hill kind of just came on within what the last year or two yeah i mean he was a third goalie in san jose at one point um Tristan Jerry is known for his inconsistency. Jordan Pennington is not known for making saves and more for making fights. And Stuart Skinner is kind of, you know, has just started being a starting goalie, right? Like, can we really say Andy's? I don't know. It, it doesn't seem good to me. Like, I don't know who you'd pick. I just want to point out that Martin Brodeur was asked as top five active goalies. There were Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, Sorokin, Markstrom, and Aiden Hill. I mean, it's weird that they, they put Markstrom and not, you know, Connor Hellebuck, but, you know. I mean, the Aiden Hill question, I think, it's weird because it's he's he suddenly became good, right? Like, overnight, right? Like, he was, what, the fourth goalie for Vegas. He was picked up right before the start of the season just as goalie depth. Enough goalies went down in Vegas so that he ended up being a starter, played well, and has continued to play well. But then again, you have to question yourself: like, is he like a systems goal? Like, is it just because he plays? He's playing in Vegas right now. That's why they're considering him to be like, like he's good. I mean, like, if you're basing on form, like right now, I guess you would have to start Aiden Hill over the other three uh, other three names you mentioned. But I mean, when the Olympics happen in what 2026 like yeah like i don't know if that's um those are going to be your starters well i'm gonna throw in a dark horse name um what about devin levi because we're talking about like you know two years from now we're not talking about this this olympus right we're not talking about this year as the olympics we're talking about 2026 so man a lot of pressure on uh 22 year old he's 24 25 though at that point 20 yeah on a position that is that is consistently late to develop right but it, obviously it, it's dependent on like the sabers and how well they do that's without a doubt but i think that like I mean, like, I look at it right now, like, what, he's 891? No, absolutely not. It's like this year is, you're looking at, like, you know, what he's done up to his career, it's no chance. He's not coming in. But two years from now, I think he is, you you have to put his name in it. Because, like, unless, you know, Benetton 2.0 comes in somewhere, a la Aiden Hill, you don't really have, like 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 Jeff said, we we don't have a bonafide like starter. Like, like we used to have what Flurry, Olongo, um, Broder, and now we it's it's dropped off a little bit. I would say. So I actually had this exact name I thought of as well, where they kind of had Broder kind of waiting in the wings for Luongo and Broder to kind of. Carry the torch as long as they could, and then eventually hit it off. Could you see a situation like that happening? Where they kind of just have Devin Levi kind of waiting in the wings 
and then maybe the Olympics after, if we're looking even further. You're bringing three goalies, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The, yeah. Like, I don't see why you don't bring Levi as the third, especially because, like, like you said, if we're looking at the 20, uh, 2030, he realistically, you know, he would be quote unquote in his prime. Obviously, we're looking at like hashtag content, like far, 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 far ahead, but. That's not a bad shout, I think, as a as the third string goalie for Devin Levi. I think the key here is who ends up tending the net for Team Canada at the World Championships for the next two years. Like, I I I probably agree with Anthony. I feel like Devin Levi is well liked in Hockey Canada. That I feel like, I mean, I don't think the Sabres are going to make the playoffs this season so i feel like or like they'll be early out like so i wonder if devin levi is like a guy that they've are considering as you know bringing to the world championships where they do bring some younger players in um i yeah like i it's good it's gonna be interesting i think i don't i don't think there is the potential for like there's not even like goalies to kind of mentor a devin levi if he if they go to the olympics right like do you think Aiden Hill and Tristan Jerry will be mentoring Aiden Hill with, you know, their amazing... It's different when you go from Brodeur Luongo to, like, what, Aiden Hill and Tristan Jerry, right? Like, that's a big drop-off. So, I feel like this Olympics, it's going to be uh, whoever's got the hot glove, and they're just going to go with it. So, whoever that season, like, the 2025-2026 season, whoever's playing well for their who's a Canadian goalie playing well in the NHL, they'll probably bring them in. And then they'll think about bringing Devin Levi. But I, I just don't think Team Canada is going to be that team where they're going to bring in that third goalie for experience. I think they're going to bring the best third goalie they can. And I don't know if that's going to be Devin Levi. I think not having the last couple Olympics, like, correct me if I'm, you know, you're, I'm wrong, whatever, but I feel like Flurry would have been a shoe in. Like he would have been, you know, that guy to mentor, let's just say Bennington, in theory, or Jari, whoever. And then, you know, as you pass the torch, it would have it would have worked really well. You go from like Longo to Flurry to let's just say Bennington, Jari, Hill to Levi. Like losing that, you know, Mark Andre Flurry. Actually, not losing, but you know, not having Olympics kind of screwed Team Canada over there. I'm sorry, who was the 2014 goalie for Team Canada that won the Olympics at Sochi? He's not playing anymore, so but you can't skip him over as part of the timeline. I mean, Flurry was technically older than Price, but I get what you mean. Like, Flurry was on that 2014 team, I believe. I don't know if I think he's the third goalie, I can't remember, but I agree. Like, Without all that international hockey, it's been hard for Hockey Canada to build up their goalies for international tournaments. And they haven't had a big one until now, or the one that's coming up. So I I, I don't know. It, it doesn't look good for Team Canada if you're looking at just goalies. So you mentioned something that I was actually really interested about. They would use the World Championships as any kind of proving ground. Is that not a little unfair for teams that 
like players on successful teams. Like I'm looking at like Aiden Hill, for example. Like, is he going to be penalized because his team did well? Well, no. I think the main thing is like you're bringing Levi in to see like, okay, when I put a more competent team in front of you, can you make the saves? Right. Aiden Hill in Vegas, the team in front of him is good. De- like if we're using Devin Levi as an example, the team in front of him not so good. So, like. If you're going to be playing for Team Canada, you're going to have elite talent in front of you. So as a goalie, it's like, can you make the saves when you need to make the saves? Like, I don't think they're, they they need a goalie to, you know, steal games for them, but they just need to have a competent goalie at the back end. Like, I, I don't think Aiden Hill is being punished for making the playoffs, but I think it just gives Hawking Canada more of a look, more games to assess Devin Levi. Because, you know, they're still assessing Aiden Hill when... They're watching him play in the playoffs, right? Like Aiden Hill just sitting at home isn't gonna help them with assessing whether he would be a good candidate for Canada. So I remember looking at the I want to say 2018 Olympic roster. Is that, is that right about years? Yeah, 2018. Uh a projection that was made in 2014. They projected their goals as well. I remember looking at this very very, very, very clearly. I remember it was TSN. They made a projection for the next Olympics. And they had a goalie there that was drafted by your Montreal Canadiens. He also doesn't play for that team anymore. Drafted the second round. Do you happen to know who I'm talking about, Jeffrey? You're talking about a goalie? Yes. Um, is he still in the league? I know he is not. This was supposed to be your projected either backup goalie or your third goalie. For Team Canada? Team Canada. Oh, wow. He had so much hype coming out of uh, coming out of juniors. Uh, I couldn't give you the name off the top of my head right now. But I, I would know I'll recognize the name the minute you say it. Zach Fakali. That's a banger. Now you remember. He currently plays in Traktor Chelyabinsk of the KHL. Yes, I, I remember a good old Zach Kelly. I think he last played for the Capitals, I believe, in the NHL. Yes. Uh, where I'm going with this is that is it too hard to... Like, the question, I guess, we might have... Basically, go back to our conversation with me. Is this maybe too hard of an exercise to make with a young goalie at this point in time? Uh, straight answer, honestly, yes. <laughs> so... If that's the case, but let's let's swing it back. Let's go back to if the if the Olympics happened today. All right, because I think it's too it's too goalies are too weird to be like a Connor Bedard. You can reasonably put him in today, and I don't think you would have too many people complaining, right? For twenty twenty six, I'd complain, but go on. Sure, whatever. For for the hashtag he content, he would complain. complain. It's fine. Yeah, but I think you would have a lot more. A lot less complaints from. from I, the I think we will be a lot more comfortable putting Connor Bedard in twenty twenty six versus Devin Levi. Yeah. So let, let's let's swing it back. All right. Let's go back to if it was today, who would your three goalies be? Let's say the league is taking a three break starting today. Who would your three Canadian goalies be? I will say Aiden Hill, number one. My number two. It's going to be Tristan Jari. And I think this is uh, maybe a controversial pick. But I think my number three 
would be Marc-Andre Fleury. So in your list there, why Fleury is my question. I feel like you still need someone with Aiden Hill and Tristan Jari have never been like they've never been in the moment. Like I mean Aiden Hill has kind of, but like I, I think you need to have that, you know, that common leadership in that. And I think you look at a guy like Aiden Hill and you look at a guy like Tristan Jari. You know, they're good goalies in their own rights, but I think if you want to bring a guy like to me, like the thing is like your third goalie is there as like a back backup of a backup, right? He's probably not going to get into any games. I mean, are you going to bring someone for experience? It's not really anyone you want to bring in. And like, what if they get thrown into the game, right? Like, is that something that you want to trust? Like, I think you're looking for a big game talent, someone who's performed in big games in the past. Why not go with Marc-Andre Fleur? I think that it's a sentimental pick, but I'm also like, you know what? I, I could see the Team Canada brass going for that. So if I use a hockey cliche, is it because Marc-Andre Fleur has got the clutch gene? Um, I mean, I think you can't call it goalie's clutch. I think he, he's a big moments player. Like, he's been in those Stanley Cup finals. He's played for Team Canada in the past. Like, he has that level of experience representing Team Canada, which I don't know. If, I think Aiden Hill maybe has played in a world championship. I don't think Tristan Jory's ever played for Team Canada. Like, I think if you're the Team Canada brass likes to bring back the players that have played for them before. They're normally quite hesitant bringing in guys that have never played for Team Canada. So that's why I'm going to put Marc-Andre Fleury as my third goalie, just because I don't think there's a there's a good option to be a third goalie right now. There's no other option. Can I suggest something? A, a three group. And Anthony, we'll go to your three really quick. But I, I just had a change of heart. I just want to see what you would think about this. Aiden Hill, Tristan Jari, and a right catching goalie, a Logan Thompson, two of the Golden Knights goaltenders duo. Is, sorry, is that your three or is that just? I, I just want to know what your idea would be if, if that, what would you think about that three? Um, I don't think right catching is a huge difference. So for me, I wouldn't bring Thompson. I could see an argument being made, but. Like he he's not in my three is my answer. What would your three look like? Um, so I should like Jeffrey brings a good point of like Flurry, but I think I think I'm gonna say Bennington. Sorry, 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 Hill, Skinner, and Bennington. And you share why Skinner is on there? I think Skinner is a name that neither Jeffrey and I have, which is fair. Um, if we're talking about like this year, it's simply because he is like winning. If we're talking about just this year, like he is by his own right, like it's not amazing, but if we're talking about, oh, you know, we need a body who can get us through. And if he's doing, you know, he's winning with the Oilers, I think he'll be winning with Team Canada. So is it come down to kind of what Jeffrey mentioned before, where it was like, hey, who's hot right now? And right. Skinner's hot right now. Right, because we we switched from 2026 to 
you know, to now. Yeah, to now. So that's why Skinner would break my team. And we go, I go with the Reigns Stanley Cup champion, the guy who won or who helped win 17 in a row, and Bennington. Because I honestly, I don't know what's up with Jari, and I think Bennington is unfortunately your best third option. And I get it. Flurry, you can make a case for Flurry. Uh, it's like, you know, A or B, I can go with either of them. But my top two are my top two. Yeah, I, I leaving Jari out for Skinner and Bennington is perplexing to me. But I mean, each your own case. I've been burned by Bennington a lot in fantasy in the past, and I, I just don't know if Team Canada wants that type of player on their team. So, I mean, it, it's interesting overall, right? Like, I mean, like goalies are always going to be the hardest to predict. I mean, like if you're if well, if Russia has a team at the Olympics. They have a pretty massive three-headed monster. Same with the U.S. The Swedish team's got three pretty good goalies. Finland's probably got some good goalies coming up. Like, I'd probably say out of the top five, like hockey countries, Team Canada's goalie is probably number five. Uh, that's without a doubt. If we're talking about just looking at goalie goalie depths, it's awesome. You can probably agree it's. Of the major power countries, Canada's in the bottom. Hot take here because I like being controversial. Does it matter if they have a three-headed monster? If you're only one of them can play at a time. Yeah, you're playing one at a time. I get it. You can you can have like really, really good backup. Ala like when Lolongo took it from Bordeaux. But a three-headed doesn't mean anything because like I get it, you know, your your starter gets hurt, you have a backup, and then you have that, but over, I think, what, two, three weeks? Like, it's not a long period of time. So it's like, you just need that guy to be in, you know, ironically, the best condition of his life. It's just that, you know, they have options, right? Like, if one guy plays a little bit poorly or gets hurt, then the, this change going to their quote-unquote backup, the difference in quality is not going to be great. For a country like Team Canada, the quality, like there will be a drop off with each goalie go down as people get injured or are in poor form. So, yeah. So, um, I guess with that being said, do you still bring Flurry? I, I bring Flurry. I think your, your team Canada, your goalie is not the thing that matters the most for your team. Your team is based on your forward core and your decor, and your goalie just has to be there to make a save every once in a while until you reach the semifinals when they have to be better. But I don't know. I again, like we, it's way too early for us to kind of really talk about who's going to make Team Canada again. This is because we decided that because they're going to the Olympics now, we're going to start talking more about uh, Team Canada. But I, I think we're, we're still a couple of cycles of international hockey left to go. So before we can make any, you know real headway on what the team's going to look like. I mean, if they're going to come out that tournament next season too, that's going to maybe put in perspective which goalies Team Canada kind of wants, right? So I, I think it's a good practice, but I feel like when it comes 2026, the three goalies could be very different from the three goalies that we are picking right now. You know, this exercise could be considered stupid, but somehow this wouldn't be the stupidest thing we talk about all episode. Do my co-hosts know we're going with this? I enjoyed the transition. The execution 
Yeah, maybe I'll give it a seven out of ten. You know what? That's better than what I could do in school. Seven out of ten. So what's so stupid that happened this week that you want to talk about? Listen, I, I mean, there's yeah, okay, there's one stupid thing, and the other thing I think we might talk about too, but we'll see. If you're a famous person and you know you tend to just do stupid things as a person, right? You're a famous person that likes to do stupid things. How do you not either A, have a social media person, especially if you're making tons of money, or you have a burner account? Well, if you were not in, let's say, 100% the right mind, and yes, you might be making a lot of money, but not the type of money that you have, like a PR person or someone to run your socials, that I think changes the question a little bit. Like, how do you not? I assume like a social media person isn't that expensive. Just you know, before you, do you want to explain what happened? I'm gonna let Jeffrey explain this one. Why? Because it's uh, a difficult last name for me to pronounce again. No, because Anson passed the buck to me, and I passed the buck to you, so you can't pass the buck pass the buck back to either of us. Okay. So, Adam Rizitka, Rizitka? oh good, is uh had his contract terminated because there was a social media video of him filming himself with some white powdery substance. Um, he was contracted with the Coyotes, but they quickly terminated his contract. <laughs> if he, he's not like an overly big hockey player. Like, I, I don't know how much a social media manager is going to cost. I mean, you have an agent, but they're not monitoring your you know, your socials for you. But he is like a tweener right now. He's between the NHL, between the AHL. Maybe he doesn't have that money to get someone to do his social medias. But I think the dumb thing is like, I'm trying to be a devil's advocate here. I feel like if someone was maybe under the influence of something and posted something that they shouldn't have posted, I understand it. But when you're an NHL player and what you're doing is illegal, or potentially illegal, not a good idea. Okay, fine. Then I'm a social media person. Why not have a a burner phone? I'm okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not condoning this. Like, I think I don't think you should be doing these things. But like, you know, to each their own. Uh, he can afford a second phone, one that he uses to talk to his friends. No business on there, and just keep everything on, everything separate. Can I ask you, if you were ever under very, very heavy influences and you had two phones on you, would you know which phone to use? I mean, if I had one case that was like a clear case and the other one was like flaming red hot with the green stripes on it, I would hope so. Or if I'm going to go celebrate, if I'm going to not celebrate, I'm going to go do stupid things where I don't even bring out the quote-unquote professional phone and this doesn't happen if i'm going to go out to party tonight i don't need to bring my work phone quote-unquote i guess i can agree with that maybe he should have had a private account i again being devil's advocate it's also very easy to turn off your make your account from private to public so maybe he actually did that too i have no idea we have no idea what's happened he's never he hasn't said, you know, what was the white powdery substance? Why did he take a video of that? I don't think we'll ever know. But, I mean, it's not 
dissimilar, I would say, to the Evgeny Kuznetsov incident a couple years back, right? When he took a photo with white powdery substance. And I think the NHL ended up suspending him three games, I believe. Like, do we think Adam Ruziska is going to get the same punishment? Or is this punishment just going to be no team's going to sign him right now? I think the NHL won't do anything about this. Like, if you look at it, like, Ruziska is not like a star or anything, right? He's got his contract terminated. I don't think any team in the NHL HL is going to pick him up, right? He's gotten nine points in 39 games this year. The Slovak team has said, we are not going to, we're not going to pick him for international tournaments. I think he just goes to the KHL and like, we never hear from him again. It's, it's a huge difference, uh, you know, when you're a tweener versus, you know, for the sake of argument, Connor McDavid. If that was Connor McDavid, the NHL would just be in full-blown PR production. Like, that is not what you think it is. It is just baking powder. There would be so many things going on with that. That you'd be like, okay. But because it is just a... And I say just, but like but because he's not a superstar, a star in the NHL, I think this is over and done with. And that, like you said, odds are we might hear from him time and time again, but for the most part, it's kind of done. Yeah, I don't think the NHL needs to do anything because in a way, the league regulated itself. Yeah, like, like, the fact that we've heard this is like the second like contract termination for I guess you could say like a breach of NHL policy. Like Corey Perry was number one, this was number two. Like it, it's we haven't seen quite like these type of contract terminations in a while. Was it yeah. wasn't Gauchenyuk first? Or was that last year? Uh, I guess it depends when you say when the year started. But yeah, yeah like, like like this season. It wasn't Gajanic with the Coyotes as well. And then he got his contract terminated. And then it became Corey Perry. And then now it's uh, Rizika. Yeah, I guess you can put Gajanic in the same boat there. Yeah, like, I, I, it's just been interesting to see, like, we've had so many these contract terminations. And, you know, these players just need to read the paperwork a little bit more. They need to know, you know, what are the rules they need to follow? You know, what are, you know, what's written in their contracts? Um Speaking or of- or or hear me out. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. There's common sense. There's no there's no reading the black and white. It's just you know, it's a very cut and dry. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, speaking of uh, rules, there's some unwritten rules in the NHL. We I think we saw well. There's kind of two examples. I guess we can talk about that. I don't know how you guys would feel. But I guess the first rule, kind of bring it back to football. So if uh, those who don't watch um, the NFL, the Kansas City Chief uh, won the Super Bowl. Jason Kelsey is a member, or I don't, I don't know if he's retired, but he was he's a not member. Retired. He is not retired. Okay. Well, he is or was, I don't know what the, where he, present past tense, a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, but in support of his brother, 
he was wearing Kansas City Chiefs gear at the game to his, you know, for his brother Travis. I vaguely remember either Brady or Matthew were like going to a game of I, I don't know, I think it was Matthew going to a game. No, Brady going to a, a Florida Panthers game, a playoff game. I don't know if he was wearing a Panthers jersey, but do you think if you're an actively contracted player, can you wear another team's paraphernalia or gear in a public setting? You know what I think the dumbest thing in hockey is? What? These unwritten rules. Like they make they make the the sport so inaccessible to new fans because they're like, why did this happen? You're like, I don't know, like they just did because like that's what they do. What does that even mean? It's a non-answer, essentially. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just find it so stupid because it doesn't mean anything. They just did it because they're, you're not supposed to do that. How come you, you're just not supposed to do that? What does that even mean? Well, I, I think, well, I mean, this isn't really, this is kind of like an unwritten rule. I don't know if it really is, but like, if you're, I just feel like, you know, all these players growing up, they cheered for a certain team, but then they get drafted by another team or they play, they start playing for another team, right? Like, that's maybe not the team they cheer for, but they kind of almost have to act like this is the team that they're cheering for their entire life. And I agree, like, you should, as an NHL player, you should have the right to cheer for any team in the NHL, provided you're not facing them that night and you're, you know, trying to screw the game over and you know help the team that you cheer for win but if it's on your own time like i think you have the right to you know go watch a game somewhere else like i don't mind nhl players going to other teams playoff games if they're out of playoffs like you do you on your own time right like it it does definitely build up controversy you know like if your your own team's fans see like cheering for another team maybe that's controversial but like i you should have the right to cheer for whichever team you want to cheer for, right? The one thing Jeffrey really values is players that stay with the same team for their entire career. Right, Jeffrey? I do like myself some loyalty, yes. So in the current NHL, I think we've said it before, like that the amount of players that happen are less and less, right? Yes. So if you you can kind of connect the dots on why this team this player chairs for another team, right? So it's maybe like your brother plays there or you used to play there, and they as this result when their team is out cheer for the other team. Does it really matter, or are you like, well, that's that's my team? Like if you saw sort of Cole Caulfield cheering for the New York Rangers after the Habs are out of playoffs, so I guess right now. Would you be offended? No, like I, I wouldn't. If like I think the main thing is, it's not them going to the game. It's more like if they're wearing their jersey, right? Like, like if you saw Caulfield at MSG wearing, uh, like a, a, per, a customized Caulfield Ranger jersey, I think that causes a little bit of problem. But like, I think there needs to be like a clear connection. Like, I think the Brady and Matthew. That made sense. The Jason and Travis thing, that makes sense. But if the connection is not very clear, I think as a fan, you're kind of maybe like pissed at your player for doing that, right? Like you're like, you're contracted to this team. Like 
why are you wearing a jersey or another team that has your own name on the back like unless it's a clear reason and i mean like that's the thing like we don't see many nhl players go to other nhl teams games and i think there's a reason for that because they don't want to get this crap they go to watch other sports is it because you worry that they're going to leave your team for that other team because they're already a fan of it no, I think it's just more of like a in the moment thing. It's like, like you know, like why, like you should be focusing on our team and not the other team. That that sort of dumb logic that fans have when they, you know, are at sporting events. Like I, I don't mind it, but and like it, there needs to be a clear connection. You can't just suddenly show up to a game for no reason and start cheering for another team and like be decked out in the other team's gear for some reason, right? Like. I, I think it, it it's a it's a I think it's a dumb rule, but I mean, I think you know you, you're a person yourself. Like, if you want to cheer for some other team, fine. Like, like I don't expect like Nick Suzuki to cheer for the Alouettes, right? If he wants to cheer for the Argonauts because that's his hometown team, fine. If he's cheering for the Leafs all the time and not for the Habs, then I'd be a little bit worried. But he's locked up for a couple of years, so we're good. All right, so enough. So I got to run, actually. Um, but I want to get a chance to some final thoughts. Uh, Anthony, any final thoughts? Um, yes or no, I guess. Sorry, I'm going to ask this. Just say yes or no. Uh, if Matthews gets to 70 goals, is he a lock for the heart? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's really it. Jeffrey? If Kucherov hits 150 points, is he a lock for the heart? Yes or no? Depending yeah. if Matthews hits the 70. I would say Kutrov getting 150 puts him above Matthews. And the reason being, Matthews still gets Rocket Richard. And what are your final thoughts, all since you've got to ask us? Uh, if Matthews gets 70 and, and Kutrov gets 150, why does Matthews get the heart still? I thought you were gonna throw a twist there and be like, "Why does Anze Kopitar get the selkie then?" Well, he gets selkie because he's Anze Kopitar. That's, that's a given. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, sir. He was minus six against the Kings. I don't think that's selkie trophy. That's not possible. Play. He can't. He can't be against the Kings. Anyways, final thought because I had to run. How come, Jeffrey? Uh, because seventy goals is more rare than one hundred fifty points. Plus, also, I don't think Kucherov's on pace for one hundred fifty points. I just want to throw an arbitrary number to see at what number would you lean more towards Kucherov than Matthews hitting seventy. Hmm. Okay, cool. All right, I gotta run. So I'll talk to you guys in two weeks, and uh, love y'all. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Back Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.